on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in! At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equaliser for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from E10 Lay an Orion from E10 well, there you go. That's Barry Galvin with our uh, theme tune, Late Night from E10. And uh, it's a very chilly and a very cold and very snowy Brentwood. And welcome to the boys who've made it into the studio. <laughs> Darren Burrows has bailed us out. He's managed to get in here. Good evening, Darren. Good evening, Andy. How's things, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Good, good. And uh, I think if I got the right mic on, Richard's uh, got in as well. Yeah, hello, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, that's okay. the right, mate. Well done. Have a, have, a, have a chocolate. We've got lots of chocolates on the table tonight. Have a chocolate. Well done. Well done. Thanks, mate. Uh, and uh, after a little while, it's nice to see him back in the studio. Christian Wheeler, how are you, sir? All good, thanks, mate. Good, good. I, I, well, we're all glad to see you. And uh, speaks a lot of sense. And we've, we've not had much of that since you've been gone. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get some sense out of people tonight. And uh, it's not a lot to talk about football-wise, Darren, because... Um, <laughs> There hasn't been any, <laughs> not from Orient anyway. Well, let's talk about the pitch and um, hmm. let's talk about uh, the cockroaches in the, uh, what was the pub that got closed? Cause the cockroaches. Oh, oh, the... Um, I mean, they were Oriental cockroaches, so you know, we've got to be happy with that, Andy, surely. In the coach and horses, that the, was. The coach and horses, no less. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, they, anyway, they've had this dome put over the pitch and I've just seen pictures from the, the um, Tottenham ladies match, a women's match tonight, and that's going ahead. So, um, it seems to have done its trick at the moment. Well, that's get, good news, isn't it? Um, getting the news. picture um, playable. And I think, I guess, Richard, it's a matter of what happens whilst the match is on, if the temperature drops far enough. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the game's on, I suppose, because, I mean, one of the worries as well is the surrounding area. Um, but the fact that the game's on tonight, I think, is a good sign. I mean, yeah, you're right. It depends, I guess, what happens after and everything. But um, I... I Feeling a bit positive that I think he'll be on on Saturday. It's just a shame there's a train strike. Yeah, I was going to say that, Christian. I mean, you got, got you have to come a fair way to the games as well. And it's, there's, there's a train strike uh, scheduled. I don't know if it's the tube and the overground. Is it? Is it uh, both or? I think it's just the trains. I think, but yeah, I definitely saw an email from CTC earlier saying that there won't be many trains Friday mm. and Saturday. Yeah, and add to that, of course, the as Richard just touched on, you, you have to take into account the surrounding area and the pavements and the roads and the safety of people getting to and from 
the stadium, really. Um, so I guess it's it's in the lap of the gods. I mean, it may well be the pitch technically could be playable, but uh, the area around it lets us down. I think Mark Devlin said that they're in touch with the council and everything to try and, um, you know, get an answer back. So, so um, yeah, so I think they'll speak to the council, see what... But I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful with tonight's on that Saturday will be on. Uh, the reason I went, oh, is because I, I, can, I can see just the top of uh, Christian's head and I thought he was still talking and the mic swung around towards Darren and you, it was you talking. No, I'm Richard. just going to add, Andy, yeah, that um, the temperature, um, my understanding, is, is not um, going to drop anymore. It's going to stay around the freezing hmm. mark till Saturday. So um, my hope is that there'll be a bit of sunshine Saturday morning that gets us out of any trouble in the surrounding areas around the streets. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really confident. Like, it's quite really. funny. I got, I got here earlier at the, um, the station here earlier today to pre-record a, a music show and uh, it was pretty treacherous out there walking along. It's just ice and the... the, the um, the DJ who was on, they went to leave and they couldn't get out because someone had blocked them in and that, that she stormed into the Brentwood Centre and uh, you know asked them to put put out an appeal for this um, number plate to be moved and out comes Ronnie O'Sullivan who's blocked her in <laughs> because they've got a snooker tournament on at the Brentwood Centre at the moment. So uh, Mr O'Sullivan used to have a show on his station at one time. I thought he'd have a, a personalised plate and you would have known straight away. Yeah, 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 but he didn't. Uh, um, main thing is that... Um, the club are still offering half price season tickets for the half season tickets um, and they've sold over half of those that are available Christian so I mean it's, it's obviously a, a big in demand for this club at the moment yeah I think the way the results have gone and where we are in the table is obviously going to induce people to uh, you know try and get a ticket there's been some sellouts recently and I think people as well probably have enjoyed maybe or hopefully some lower league football whilst the World Cup's been on and that might have attracted mm. you know a few more but it's hard to get a ticket if you if you can't get a season ticket at the moment so it's it's probably you know a little not a, a little investment but it's a good investment for someone to make if they want to carry on going well because uh, Sutton Manchester sold out again so that's another sellout and um, then you've got the kids for a quid match coming up haven't you as well yeah I think these things are great the kids for the quid and I, I mean the, the lot of this kicks off, didn't it, under the Barry Hearn area with the ten quid season tickets? Mm. And over the years, I've had the pleasure of meeting quite a lot of of guys um, who who came to Orient that way. So clubs do do definitely reap long term benefits from this. I really believe that. I think it was our um, Paul um, off of um, the Orient podcast become an Orient fan off the back of, of the like, ten pound ticket. Quid. He did, so, yeah, he did. So you know, it's it's great, Andy, for for, for the mm. club to be putting these things on. Agree with Christian. Hopefully, it twices a few more people into the uh, into the ground. I think the exchange was a fantastic long overdue. I think mm. the only thing they need to put in place, and that's a reward system. I still feel that there's going to be um, a game or two at some point where real loyal. Still walk time and away, guy. People mm. may struggle, and that that would really, on a personal level, that really upset me if 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 that happened. Well, you used to have uh, you used to have numbers on the programs, didn't you? And you had to back in the seventies and eighties, you'd have to literally cut off the the corners of the programs well, or produce the programs to have to prove you've been to all the matches. Go, you know? go so more more obviously uh, more technical, slightly now, but, slightly uh, more into the nineties. We played Rotherham away on a Friday night. And and you, if you went to Rotherham away and kept your ticket uh, stub, you then got automatically the Brighton away ticket. Brighton away was at the Withdean. They only gave us 600. 
and I was always going to Rotherham on the Friday night anyway. And then we won uh, um, one at Brighton on, on the following Saturday with 600 of us in there. And that was the first time in a long time that I can remember us having a situation where ticket demand was going to be outstripped by... by mm. Do you know, that, you reminded me there with the Wit Dean, it was one of the very first, I think it probably was the first live stream that uh, Orient ever did. We uh, did a live stream back of uh, Brighton v Orient um, actually, Orient lost that match 1-0. Um, and I went with Steve Jenkins and myself, and it was a Whitdean, and it literally was a, a, a box on a little bit of scaffolding on this around this um, athletic track. And we were there, and we did this first half. We'd had lunch before, and they fed us and everything. We sat near Des Lynham and people like that and had a lunch. And then we did the match, and... There was, the, there was this um, fellow with curly written on his back. And it was a Sprighton fan. He had curly. And he, the fellow was about 40, I should think, at the time. And the, uh, Steve Jenkins was doing the welcome bit. And he sat and said, you know, for everybody watching back at Brisbane Road. And this fellow must have overheard. And the abuse, the abuse went on for the entire first half. I was a what's it and a what's it and a bald whatever. And Steve was something else. And... <laughs> and Literally, we went for a break at half time, and I saw this curly running to the going to the men's loo. I just said to Steve, "Hold the mic," <laughs> and I did have a quick word with Curly, and he never said he never said another word in the second half. He faced the pitch and he stayed stayed there. But I, I thought, yeah, I said, "You're a grown man." You know, uh, the the abuse was unbelievable. But I remember that because it was the first ever stream we did, and I think Barry. Uh, I don't think they made too much money on it, but I think it was, ten, if I remember right, it was £10 to get into Brisbane Road and watch it. And they had several screens around the, 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 the main stand. And uh, I think uh, quite a few hundred turned up to watch it. Was you there for the 4 all? Yeah, that, that, we were there for yeah. the 4 all. I mean, we, we, we ended up with quite a rivalry with them, didn't we, for a while, Brian? Mm. Well, we nearly put them down, didn't we? And um, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah so, there were some great games. And, and then yeah. there was Tony Richards' hat-trick, weren't it, in the Cup? Yeah, yeah, we had so, some good games with Brighton. Some, some good um, just to say also that the half-season tickets are available. What we're going to do is we're going to hear from uh, Dave Victor, and then we're going to have a look at the uh, what you guys think so far this season, and also a little look at the teams around and see what's uh, going on there. But first of all, let's have this week's Victor's View. Victor's View is brought to you in association with E3 Security Services. E3 Security Services are specialists in event security. If you require close protection, door supervision or stewards anywhere in Essex, London or the home counties, then contact Lee at E3 Security Services on 07 947 843 That's 07 947 843 E3 Security, specialists in event security. Saturday's match at Crewe, of course, one of many victims to the freezing temperatures, but at least the decision was made early. Only six matches took place in League Two at the weekend. Five played on Saturday, only five goals scored. The standout performance of the weekend came on Friday night. The partnership between Keith Curl and Colin West beginning to have an impact at Hartlepool. Their victory at Crawley saw United move out of the relegation places. But it was the 128 supporters who made the 600-plus mile trip on a Friday night with temperatures down at minus three degrees. They deserve so much credit. When they set off, they wouldn't have known if the game would have been played or if it would have been finished. 
and they would have had to travel home throughout the night, arriving in the early hours of Saturday morning. Simply incredible. Both Stevenage and Sutton played out goalless draws. The Borough, held by Nigel Clough's Mansfield Town in North Hertfordshire, reducing the O's lead at the top to four points. But of course, we had that precious game in hand, and we continue to have that all-important 14-point gap between ourselves and fourth place. Assuming that there is a thaw between now and the weekend, Sutton United will be the visitors to E10. Matt Gray's side have recovered from a difficult start. The U's needed time to adjust to the loss of key players who departed in the summer and there were numerous injuries sustained in pre-season. There is no doubt that Saturday will see a very different Sutton United starting eleven from the one that late night beat in the Papa John's Trophy back in September. Recent form has been mixed for Matt Gray's team. They've won two, they've drawn two, they've lost two of the last six. Sutton definitely prefer home comforts. There is a marked difference between results at Ganga Green Lane and those on their travels. United have won six at home, only Barrow, Orient and Stevenage won more. The contrast between that and the 60 feats they've sustained on the road, United's only league victory away from home came in the local derby at AFC Wimbledon. But recently, United have travelled to Northampton and Carlisle and have shared the spoils. Our previous meetings have, of course, been eventful. None of us will ever forget those incredible events back in April 2019. United goalkeeper Jamie Butler bringing down McCauley Bonn in the closing stages, who made sure from the resulting spot kick. His penalty securing a precious victory for Justin Edinburgh's side. It was, in fact, the last goal that he scored in the National League. Dan Happy's was the last from open play. Sutton's first season in the AFL certainly exceeded all expectations last season. They were leading at Wembley in the Papa John's Trophy final. Two goals in injury time secured the victory for Rotherham. United just missing out on the playoff places. Cecily's match is sellout. Let's hope that it can go ahead. The fact that Spurs women's game against West Ham United was played at Brisbane Road on Sunday demonstrates the great work that Colin James and his team have been doing. Finally, congratulations and thank you to everyone involved in the Late Noyant Trust. Late Noyant's winter living room is timely and thoughtful and it provides much needed help during these bitterly cold days. Thank you, Dave. And uh, yes, we'll back that up. Good uh, work from the trust there to uh, look after the locals, if you like, in these uh, trying times. But Dave uh, touched on the Sutton match there that will stay in our memories for many a year um, with the uh, goalkeeping antics there that led to the penalty kick, which uh, Macaulay Bond duly converted. And uh, I don't think we'll be given a gift like that again, Darren, will we? Well, let's hope so. <laughs> it was a gift, you're right. Um, I th- th- think they've certainly got a way of playing, haven't they? And that, and, and that way of playing is, is quite an aggressive way of playing, but they don't they don't give up, do they? They don't give you a second. They harry you. They chase and after everything. Um, they got a decent result last week, didn't they? They beat Colchester, which I actually think could work in their favour, if I'm honest, because I think running up until that result, they had slipped a bit and they needed a result, really. So I'm hoping that that's taken the pressure off of them and therefore they relax a bit. It don't look like they're on form, though, Christian, because it was just the odd goal, wasn't it, against Colchester? Yeah, I'm just looking now. They're, they're mid-table in the form guide. So I think every time we've gone to Sutton or they've come to us, it's been a, it's been a tough game. I always remember the first... first Game back in the conference when we went there, and I think everyone was expecting us to uh, sort of walk the floor with them, and they beat us one 0 and it peed it down with rain. And yeah, it was. Uh, I think that was a bit of a rude awakening back into the conference. But I think they've, I think they've grown well as a club. I think I've said before that they've 
you know, they've signed decent lower league players. They've got some kids that have come out of non-league and done well, and you know, they had a great cup run last year. I think it's it's one of them. It's one of them games that could go either way. But I think the last time out against Bradford, that was the game for me. I'm not saying that we'll win it, but that was the game that convinced me that in in some shape or form we will go up because I just think we looked after the first 20 minutes we looked to cut above. But obviously everyone's coming to to spoil the party at the minute. Well, I mean, we've got, you know, the pitches to a, a, to a point will be hard work coming into January, February. I mean, we, we aren't in the Premier League, so the pitches are going to be affected. Um, do you think that would affect our style of play or, or have, we, have we got to adapt? Yeah, I suppose it depends who you're playing, I think. Um, I think we got a little bit caught on the, on the back foot against Bradford. Um and then really they, they didn't take their chances and, and we kicked on from there. But I, I do think we've got the players to change it around if we need be. Um, be interesting whether, you know, you talk about the pitches and whether we need to go front to back a bit quicker, whether Big Smith will come back into the picture in um, January. Uh, obviously once the window opens because he can't do anything at the moment. So I think we've definitely got the players. It'd be interesting what he does with the... With the um, Formation, whether we'll go just to a to a four and a two up front, and whether we'll go, you know, a bit, bit more combative in midfield. But we've definitely got the players. I think definitely got the players. We've got the squad. If you look at the squad now, it's better than it has been in a long, long time. I think you've got players for all positions. You've got good cover coming off the bench. As I say, Smith might come back into it. You know, I think as well. There's money there that if they need to sign a few players, they'll sign a few players to give them that that extra push. I mean, do you think what we were talking about this the other week? When it comes to the transfer window, do you think this is going to be uh, several players or just one or two? No, I think it'd just be one or two. As I said, I put on our WhatsApp group the other day. I heard that the club are still looking for a defensive midfielder and a centre half. It wouldn't surprise me if they sign players in them positions. Um, I know we've always said it. I suppose if a if a Division One, shall we say, decent striker comes up that's out of contract in the summer, you never know. I'd still mm. I'd still like us to get an out and out number nine. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen with Kelman in the summer. There's a few out of contract. You know, Smith's been out on loan that weren't successful and come back. So, yeah, I'd me personally, I hope they don't go too crazy. I'd like to see this team see it through, and I think we've got the quality to see it through. There's nothing worse sometimes in changing something for the sake of changing it. Um, so, so I think we're in a, what is it, 14 points now to fourth. Mm. So I'm not really, I'd like to win it. Yeah, but that's what I look at. I just mate. want us yeah. to go up. That's all I look at is the is that gap to fourth because yeah. everything else is just the, the you know the topping on the cake. It's the cake you worry yeah. about. And that's uh, that's to get that cake and get promoted. But uh, we're all looking at Ipswich with a little bit of a, a worry, perhaps, Richard. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I think their manager said something, didn't he? That they're certainly monitoring them uh, to see how El Mazzuni's playing, and they're really impressed. And but you know, when I when I saw that at the same time, there was a lot of replies from Ipswich fans saying, "Look, just 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 let him have a season, let him play," because I think that's the thing. If they do call him back, he's going to be in and out. Like I don't think he wouldn't go straight into that team. And then, you know, possibly the, the players that are there are playing OK and he's on the bench and then the players who are out injured start coming back. And then, you know, he's, he's wasted a, another season, half a season, just doing what he was doing before and, and not getting the games. And, and for me, I mean, you know, maybe I'm just wishful thinking here and hoping that he doesn't. But 
you know, I, I think you know the idea of him coming here for the season in the first place was for him to do what, what he's doing really, and I, I think he needs to. I think it's like some of maybe some of our own youngsters, you know, that sometimes they need an actual full season. I think, you know, instead of this is always I felt the issue with Soteria, you know, he'd have five or six good games, then someone would come in and he'd be out of the team. And and Richie said it himself, you know, you've got to give players game time. And although you know Elmizuni's had that for the first three months of this season, you know, how good would it be for them if he has a full season, wins wins something, and then next season he can go in and you know whether they've gone up or whether they're in the same division, you know, he'd be the better player for it. I think, but. You know, maybe I'm just talking from a point of view of someone who just wants to keep him desperately. Really, that's I what it is. Everybody wants to keep him. I think. I mean, he's he's been a, a good player for the club this season. Yeah, I mean, season, I don't, I don't so. know if he's out of contract with it. Or he's got another year after this. I think. No, yeah, he's got another year after this. But that's a shame. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, a club can make an offer, can't they? Yeah. They can, but I think the problem is that he's, he's proving. I personally think he's he's been the difference. Mm-hmm. He was the last piece in the jigsaw that has made us the team we, we currently are. Well, you've got to, you know, if you value somebody, then put your money where your mouth is. I'm not saying the club will uh, make an offer, Andy. I, I yeah. think they'd love to make an offer. I think the, it's whether it gets accepted. And um, I, hope, I hope they do make an offer. I hope it does. And I, I agree with, with Rich about, you know, keeping where he is. But a sentiment, I think, Rich, on our part, I'm afraid. Yeah, and, but and the truth is, Dal, is that if a player's happy where he is and he doesn't particularly want well, to go back... There is that back, side of it, but... Then as long as you're not taking the P with a with an offer, then there should be some mutual middle oh, ground that, that you can so. find. But they've got injury yeah. problems in that sense now. Mm. And they, it's not one or two, I'm afraid. It's three or four. And it, it, yeah, we don't it, know the extent of those injuries. He's bringing back a player who doesn't particularly want to come back. The answer to that problem, if you've got, you know, the player yeah, really he, doesn't he, want he to come back. He can make his personal views felt, but he's you got, as, as Christian just said, he's got a two-year contract. Mm. He's not going to... Um, probably as well, with all due respect to Leighton Orion, he's probably not going to give up the chance to play in front of 20,000 people no. a week. And and I wouldn't blame the guy for that. So I don't think, uh, whilst I think he's heart in our club, I think he'll have to look after his own self-interest. And yeah. But that he, would be to go stock back value, and give himself every opportunity. Now, his stock value will go up if he's part of a promotion winning side. It will go up even more if he goes back you know. to a League One club and performs. Yeah, but if they don't go up, then it's sort of well, I mean, stagnated, isn't it? There is that risk, but but I think there's a bloody good chance, excuse my language, that they are they are going to go up and they're not going to muck about if they've got injuries <clears> in that midfield, which they have. I think the thing is, the key for us is, are those injuries they've got, are they going to be long-term? I don't. I think if, they, if they're going to be four, five, six weeks, they may take the view, let's just leave him where he is for a bit longer because <clears> we can recall him in. The recall doesn't have to be in January, does it? Forgive me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, there's also so. the chance, no, got a chance to pull him back. Yeah. yeah, but there's also the chance Ipswich may go out and buy someone as well. You know, they yeah, good you know, point. Ipswich have got cash, I suppose. Yeah. You know, there could be players that they think, well, actually, this is a good time for us to go into someone that we've been monitoring rather than bringing someone that we haven't really had too much faith in in the past. I mean, you touched on Darren touched on it there with the, with the players that are being used and Christian. I think that's the the big standout thing for me is the rotation of the squad, the use of the players, the loaning out of players has been absolutely spot on from Richie Wellens, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. To to Darren's point, I think there's a chance that he'll go back. I don't. I, to Darren's point as well, I think as much as his heart's in the club. No offense to us at Orient, if he gets a chance to go back in here and be around their first team. Not only will he want to take that, his agent will be telling him to take that. My, I've got a good friend there that plays centre half, and there's probably a chance that they're either going to buy someone or you know he'll get a call back. So 
I do think he's been a difference. He'll be a massive loss for us. I think what, you know, talking about them wanting a defensive midfielder might be to cover that if he does go back. But, you know, we might lose a couple. You know, if I was if I was Chelsea, would I want Jaden Wareham to continue sitting on the bench and get no minutes? Probably not. I'd probably want him to go out, even if he mm. dropped down a level. You know, he started at Woking, Woking are flying, he might end up there. The same for the, I know you like him, um, but... Yeah. Yeah, Duke McKenna's another one. He's getting minutes here and there. Again, QPR might want to send him back to a, a club, you know, mid-table or further down that's, that it will give him more minutes. So I think there'll be slight changes, but it'll, you know, it, sometimes it just comes down to a bit of luck. You know, hopefully the injured boys at Ipswich get back. And as I say, they are flying for us. The ideal scenario is for me is that he stays with us. We go up, they go up. Is the championship maybe a bit too much for him straight away? Would he fit into the calibre of players that they want? Maybe not. So again, there's a chance of us getting him in the summer. So that's the way I'd look at it. But mm. I do think he has been the difference. I think Prattley's been very good. Um, I think, you know, Mon- Monker to me, you know, I've come across harsh sometimes. When he's running with a ball at times, Bradford, he looks unbelievable. But to me, still, he's still the nearly man. I still think you could probably get another 30% out of Monker. Mm. I think next year, probably, you'll see Monker be even better than he has been this but year. You said this about him before he kicked a ball, that at the hull he was sort of almost, but not quite. Yeah, well, I just think that he's had so many good, like, he'll go on a run and beat four people and it'll be a one that goal, but it hits a bar or it just goes past the post. Or For me, he's, he, you can tell how much ability he's got. But I still, like, I watched that Bradford game in the first 20 minutes. He finds himself in pockets sometimes and he still don't get the ball. And you can tell, like, it, the, Div 2 sometimes is still too much hurly-burly where the trust is not there. We're sent it back to give it. He doesn't care whether he's got one player around him or three players around him. He's played at that level where people will bounce it into someone and they don't care whether you've got someone up, you know, behind you because there's that trust there. He'll take it in any, any part of the pitch with players around him. If you watch him closely, he still gets frustrated that he get, he finds himself in pockets and we either don't get him the ball or by the time we get him the ball, it's too late. So I think you know, the, the more minutes we can get out of him this year, we'll see a better player next yeah. year. I mean, because, you're saying he reads the game a little better and a little sharper yeah, than you, you those see, around him. You can just see when, when, you know, in our level, when you wrap it into someone... Sometimes, you know, everyone plays, everyone finds their level, plays at a level for, for a reason. When the ball's wrapped into him, it doesn't matter where he is, his touch is unbelievable. He doesn't, he doesn't move, he'll hold, he's a strong lad, he holds people off. But I just think that it's, it's taking him time. He's a, he's a big guy. Like you, can, you can see from his frame that, you know, I'm not saying weight is an issue, but, you know, the more games you get out of him... Mm. You know, I think the, the the better that'll be as we go on and play better opponents and the games open up because sometimes League Two Hurley Burley it doesn't it doesn't suit his game. But you can see, I think he made one run against Bradford when he drew the free kick. He must have run eighty yards with the ball, and that he, he you know he's got a turn of pace, blew people away. But for me, I would still want that little bit more out of him. Not because I don't rate him as a player, just I can see that he's got maybe another thirty percent in him. Is, is that a psychological? Thing with him rather than a, you know I mean is that something I don't know I think we discussed it at the start of the season that it looked like he was playing within himself and that that is sometimes that if you have a disrupted pre-season you put on a couple of kilos you know you do want to I thought that with with Tom James at times he was unbelievable at the start of the season and then when he come back 
it was like he was playing with a handbrake on because he was trying to ease himself in. So I think sometimes you do do that. You want to keep yourself in a team. But I just think he's such a good player. His technique, his balance, his poise. But I do I do think there's a lot more to come out of it. Would you rather see him have a free role, perhaps, rather than uh, being stuck somewhere? I don't think you can... I, I, personally, I don't think with playing free up front, you can play. You no, can you you can get away with a, a free role if it. No, it, it depends what system you play, and also if you look at the Bradford game. To be quite honest, the first twenty minutes, I, I thought they they were they were on us, and the boy at Blackwood had a lot of the ball who sat there. You you know, if you're playing a free midfield, that that person's at least got to attach himself to the deepest one and, and do his work, which I, I think he does. As I say, I just want, you you want a little bit more out of him all the time because sooner or later, you know, he's he, he will just show it consistently all the time. I think, you know, he, he's got the ability to be far better than Division 2, far better. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, he can prove it with Leighton Orient. That will be, uh, that will be the plus side. Now, a lot of uh, teams are around Orient, Rich, at the moment. How's it faring? Yeah, well, we were just sort of saying a little while ago, you know, I saw an interview with um, John Brady, is it, the, the Northampton manager, and they were talking to him about the gap developing between third and fourth, with Northampton in third place <laughs> and Barrow in fourth. But, you know, he sort of said, I'm not, I'm not interested in that gap. I'm only interested in catching anyone who's above us he said I don't look at that he said because I think like the question was sort of put to him about you know this a mini league now the top three pulling away um, and although I've, you know I'm like everyone else I'm, I'm just looking at that gap to fourth place I'm, I've still not really until like literally just said about 14 points clear I've never really I still hadn't computed it really it still doesn't sound right to me like how can we be that far away from fourth but you know I, I think yeah, I'm going into these, you know, when we're on the show and whatever, these predictions every week, I'm still finding myself saying, well, I'll, I'll take a draw for every game rather than... But we're, but, but we're not even taking draws. We're, we're winning these games and, you know, I've, it's just it's too long following the oath for me still to, to be able to confidently say, look, mm. but this season is changing me more than any other season I think ever has and I've supported them because, you know, to have almost 50 points or potentially 50 points before Christmas... Well, you know, that's, that, we don't do that. That's, that's not who we are, sort of thing. And and I know that Richie Wellens has said that's that's the mindset I want to get into the fans as much as anything else because you know people around they've got all these thoughts about Orient and stuff. And you know it makes the other teams around us though. You know I think you know I'll, I'll be some of the managers I look at their interviews and I wouldn't say they're as complimentary as I, I think they should be. But you know we're not we're not just getting by with draws. We've you know we've won fifteen out of twenty matches. I mean that's that's insane. You know it really is. So. You know, we, what we're doing is, you know, it's making, I think it's, it's, you know, other teams are taking note. You know, and I've, I've saw Barrow have said that we're the best team that they've played. You know, Stockport fans wouldn't say that. Bradford fans probably wouldn't. But, you know, there's certain teams that we've, you know, I think Swindon have said, you know, we're probably the best team that they've played this season. From You know, I always have a look at what the away fans are saying. And, you know, we didn't even win that game. That's the thing. So, you know, I think we're turning some heads, really. So... I thought Mark Hughes was quite disparaging on Saturday. He said they weren't that much. They weren't that much better than us. Yeah. Whereas our, my boy loves to watch like podcasts and like you know like you get the fans that do the day trips on YouTube and he watched quite a lot of the Bradford fans and some of them were like, yeah, they'll definitely go up later and they were far too good. The, the things I always kind of agree with a lot more is what the fans actually say because. When he said that interview, yeah. a lot of replies were, "Well, he's he's just deluded," and he like, "Was he? Did he watch a different game? Did he? You know, things like that." So, and I quite like seeing that really because I, I think a lot of the times, you know, managers after the game when you stick a microphone in their face, they, they you know they want to 
they want to sort of protect themselves a little bit. They're not going to say, oh, we were absolutely rubbish there, got turned over. But, you know, fans will say that. And, that, and that's great because I, I always like seeing what the fans say afterwards. And, you know, Bradford fans were quite complimentary in the end, and then rightly so, because we were a much better team after 20 minutes. First of all, I officially uh, <laughs> apology for nearly <laughs> a personal injury claim is coming my way that way. Yeah, I, we're, we're just for the benefit of the listeners, we're sharing a mic and uh, I swung it so Christian could get, get his um, get his thoughts off about the Bradford. And, and as I did it, and he smacked him in the face, bless him. So his reactions are still good. You're still, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with both hmm. both the comments did, about Bradford. Did you used to box? Did you used to do some boxing? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I was, okay. he's definitely a centre half. Are you centre yeah. half? When my legs wet, I did only legs anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> he can't hear you. He's like, Mike's in front of you. He can't. No one can. Anyway, go on. So uh, and he said we weren't markably better, um, Bradford's manager. Well, I'm sorry, we were. And I think if, they, if managers want to carry on deluding themselves, that's great for us. Because we don't want them. Mm, but I, I mean, you've got to take it the other way around from his point of view, that first 20 minutes and they missed chances. And, and I suppose from his point of view, had they converted something, you are not going to win any game by playing well for twenty minutes. No, but I'm saying that they converted something. I mean, anyone can say that. Yeah, but you've got to take it from his point yeah, of view. Yeah, from but his, I mean, that's only his again, for just twenty minutes. I mean, no, had... I, I think he was disingenuous, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. I lost a bit of respect for him there. And also, as I said, sorry to labour the point, but if he genuinely believes that, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm hoping he does, <laughs> I think he's really delusional. Mm. And, and he's the manager of the club. I, I, if I was a Bradford fan, I would be slightly concerned with those comments. But yeah. it's but, always difficult. I, mean, I, I used to interview people for when I did the West Country match, and, and you, you're interviewing a manager quite often. I used to cover the games for the, when they were away from home. So more often than not, the result hadn't been too great. No, <laughs> uh, I, I get he's got a microphone stuck a, in his face, yeah, and he's got yeah, to come they're out not in the something. best of moods, you know. But, but talking about clubs around us, I think the bigger threat is Mansfield. I still feel mm. that the, they're the one that's going to break into the top. Well, we're dealing I, I with clubs. Sorry, that. Rich, but we're dealing with clubs around us that, with the exception of Stevenage, because well, I'm, I'm just looking at it now. bigger than us on paper. Yeah. So I'm just looking at this now, actually, and and I've got to be honest. I mean, I think maybe people did to us what we Steven. I mean, they, they're doing what we're doing. You know, they're they're not just kind of really. I know they drew in Mansfield on Saturday. But Stevenage is like, like churning out these results is is amazing what they're doing. I mean, I've got to be honest. If it wasn't for us. You know, I mean, they probably are more the story of the season, to be honest, because it's Stevenage and, and you know, they are. But, you know, Steve Evans, the job, I don't like the guy, but the job he's doing there is, is phenomenal. It really is. But, um, you know, they drew with Mansfield. I mean, that was a good result for us, actually, because I, I thought Stevenage would win that, I've got to be honest. Um, I mean, Mansfield probably still one of the best teams I think I've seen again this season, this last season. But um, I, I thought, yeah, because they seem to go on a run and they seem to have a couple of dodgy results and then it sort of kicks in again for them. So I, I, I'm still... You know, Barrow is still fourth as well. You know, Mansfield are fifth. I didn't realise, but Barrow is still. I thought they dropped away a little bit actually, but they're, you know, they're still going. I think the, the good thing for us is that all those teams when they're going to play each other, they're not. There's no like team really. I, to be honest, other than us and Stevenage, that seems to be comfortably putting results together and almost, you know, you you put them down on your acker every week. I think so. Um, but yeah I mean Northampton at the start of the season were my pick I think and so I'm not surprised to see them there and I, I, again I think they're one of the best teams I've seen this season as well but yeah I mean you know Stevenage people I think surely by now everyone was thinking oh, they'd drop off a bit by now but they show no signs of doing it at the moment I've got to be honest and, and they're still probably my, my worry I mean I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game on the 27th I've got to be honest this, I think it's going to be a, a great watch I could be wrong there probably nil-nil all over it maybe but I mean, you say, um, Evans, we said about this the other week, uh, Christian, I mean, you can't knock the guy. I mean, he's, he's taking a team with two and a half thousand supporters and they're up there and they're punching above their weight. 
Oh, I, can't, I, I can't bring myself to give him any credit. <laughs> just, just purely and simply because of him dancing down the touchline with his trousers falling down. Well, no, you know, yeah. The, the, thing that it, the thing with Steven is I've been watching their results and um, oh. they've done really well. I think that I've got friends that go and watch them and they say they play for a real a bit, bit similar to us, 4 3 3, high press as. Fr- Four, three boys up front that run around and then on 60 minutes changes, changes the lot and goes again. But I think they're playing on this tag of little old Stevenage because a boy played there a couple of weeks ago and I, I see someone and I asked them about, you know, how well they're doing and, you know, they, they play off this tag of little Stevenage and stuff. And he said, when COVID hit, the, the chairman there literally cut the budget completely and they didn't spend a penny on, on anything else. And he's got three or four times his normal budget Stevenage so that as, as well as they're doing you look at some of the players that they're signed they're not they're not Mickey Mouse signings they've signed some good players and as I say he he's got that clout in the lower leagues to to be able to do that so I think that'll be a big test it'd be interesting how we play on that game yeah I, I wonder actually with Stevenage if they're one of these like they've they've, they've put everything into going up this season mm. So potentially, if they don't do it next season, it, it could be very different for them because you know players like Alex Gilby, who I would have loved to have, have yeah, signed at us, and, and I still right, think yeah. you know, if the bad worst thing happens and El Mazzuni goes back, then you know maybe we could convince him to move to us. I mean, probably wouldn't happen, but you know, I'd love to get him from Stevenage if he's got a recall at Charlton or something. But um, yeah, I, I think you know for them maybe that's. That's what they're going for. They're pushing this season more than anything else, Stevenage. And I mean, I'm sure I heard someone that they've actually they've actually overspent on their budget to to make sure they do something this season because that's how much they 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 need it. Or you know, Steve Evans has demanded it, sort of thing. And Charlton have uh, departed company, haven't yeah, they, yeah. with uh, Garner? So, yes, it could be so there's actually, a chance, yeah, chance of going, go, happen, going yeah. back there. And I did hear, I, I only heard it uh, on Twitter, and I don't know if it was true that the club denied. Um, um, permission for Richie to talk to Charlton or not denied sorry I don't know what the right word is but they, 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 there's, they, 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 they wouldn't allow uh, Charlton's approach um, oh, if, if indeed there was one I only, heard, yeah, I only yeah, saw yeah, one, yeah. One, one tweet about it but um, for me as I said Mansfield are, are the dark horses I mean Bristol Rovers last season what a phenomenal one they I mean, went you on could, so. you could go down to about 20 if you're looking well, at you Bristol well you can you can but season, I mean, we've, was... seen, we've seen them play yeah yeah. They, they definitely in my humble opinion and Northampton are the two other times teams I haven't seen Stevenage play in fairness so I'm, again I'm looking forward to it but I've seen both of them play I've got, I, I work with a Northampton fan and, and, and who's very very level headed about it and, and most of the other clubs are saying after they've played them, they are the best they've played. I know you went, Darren. Spin that mic around, that's it. I know you went, Darren, and I think we might have discussed it before. I only watched it on the stream, but I was quite impressed with Barrow for 45 minutes. I thought they weren't a bad side. Their two wide players were yeah, decent. The common denominator of every game this season is the teams, we, start, we, don't, we don't start particularly well. No. The other teams do start well. What we do do very well, thank God is we stay in games so we soak up that early 20 minutes <clears> and I think and my theory is that the other opposition think this lot are a bit good and they drop off 1-2% start defending a little bit deeper and all of a sudden we get space and that's why we're, we're, we're winning these games in the next hour we're not winning them in the first 20 minutes why would we when we do get a lead and they have to then come at us? That then plays into our other other hand. Yeah. I so, mean, I think the difference is, Chris, well, I agree is, about Christian, is that, that when we're playing forward, 
this season as against other seasons, we moved the ball a lot faster than we were doing in the past. And, and we're, we're, we're quick. Yeah, we move it quicker. But going back to Darren's point, we do stay in games. I think mm. one of the biggest improvements are back four. Like if you look at our back four and the amount of clean sheets, obviously we've, we've probably got the best keeper in the league. Mm. Uh, although I was really impressed with Bradford's keeper on Saturday. And I, I went away and read that I can't remember what club he'd played for for Hughes, but he'd come from a higher level. I think he played for Blackburn or someone like that. So I was mm. quite impressed with him. But, you know, Beckles, I know we all worry sometimes that it, it, it's a bit lackadaisical, but, you know, his size, his stature, how quick he is, you know, and Hap's, Hap's gone back to Hap three or four years ago. I think he's been absolutely yeah. excellent. Yeah, 100%. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And obviously, again, hopefully that'll be a bit of a, a, a tense one. What happens there? I think if if we go up, hopefully, you know, it'll sign a contract extension and stay with us because I still think that, you know, it's better to be playing games at a lower level than going somewhere, you know, mm. and playing going back to under 23s football or reserve team football, whatever it is for him. But, you know, if you then chuck in Hunt, and James and even you know Brown's come in the last few games and looked like he could play there. I think the first twenty minutes was a bit tough for him at, uh, at Bradford. Uh, mm. I don't think he got as much help um, from his wire player, but they seemed then to to switch on to that little the, the little winger out wide, and then you know he, he's done really well, Jordan Brown. Yeah, I mean Darren, before you just say what you're going to say with Happy, is that what happens if a if a substantial offer comes in for him? Do you think they'll take it or do you think they'll say no? Yeah, I, I think it well, depends on what substantial offer looks like. So, um, and I think then they will probably go and approach the lad and say, well, what do you want to do? So, I think um, Hap, I think the bigger one for me, I was going to say, bigger concern is got to be Little Smith. Mm. As, uh, he's different gravy. You know, he really is. And, and bizarrely, I thought we had a quiet game on, on Saturday just gone. I thought that was his quietest game. Mm. And one of the things I was really infused about when I left the stadium as well, our best player, for me, attacking-wise, didn't have his best game and we won 3-0. So um, I, think, I think the problem is, Andy, once you get to where we've got in the league, every player has got a price on his head. Mm. Uh, I've got to be honest, if, if players are out of contract at the end of the season, you're not going to get, I don't think, substantial bids. From, you'll get bids from them and they'll be good bids, but sub- substantial, I, I think player, teams are going to look at it and think, well... You know, unless they're, they're, they're literally desperate, hmm. they're going to look at it and think, well, in six months, we could probably get this guy for nothing. Well, not if you're savvy and you stick a new so, contract under his nose now to sign. Well, I mean, I, I, but we're top of the league. You know, I, I think, you know, unless it's, it's I, I, you know, unless it's someone who may be the top of League One and championship level, hmm. um, which I don't think we... I mean, Smith let's possibly just, is the only one. Okay, let's put it this way. You're, you're playing for me and you're in the side. It's at top of the league. We haven't gone up. but We're top of the league at the moment with 20 games left or whatever. And you're on. Let's just just say a figure, here, right? You're you're on sixteen hundred pound a week plus a few bits and bobs, right? And then a club comes along and says, "We'll give you four k." Now, 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 are you going to sit there and go? I'm off. Right. Um, I, <laughs> oh, I want I want this medal at the end of the season, and I might get injured, or I might not get injured, and I might get another club come for, or, or, or I can over double my wages and go up a division. What do I do? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's surely it's a bit. Of yeah. A well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll let Christian answer that one. But <laughs> what I was going to say was, from you know, I know what I do in my job. I, you know, does but I sometimes wonder to myself, did you know the, the 
I think sometimes you know certain players like Dean Cox. I think the happiness of playing outweighs. Yeah, but you more just said the, the word. Sometimes. You just said the key word in your job, and this is their job. Yeah, but that's what know? I mean. As a footballer, I think like Dean Cox is an example of someone who he wanted to play games. He loved where he was. He was comfortable where yeah, he, he was. was. Um, but he did demand a pay rise. You've got to remember that. You know, mind you saying that, the older I get in my job now, the, yeah. the thought of moving somewhere and do longer hours for more money, I, I wouldn't do it. But, yeah, but you know, I say I've got to remember Dean. Dean threw one over the, the 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 contracts that were being handed out and demanded a, a substantial and got a, a substantial yeah, pay much, rise yeah, yeah. which obviously was down to poor well, yeah, housekeeping by the Italians <laughs> but uh, I mean Christian you, you know <laughs> it is a business it is their career it is their job they've got bills to pay they're not at the top level where they haven't got mortgages anymore these are, these are guys paying bills am I right would you just yeah, say yeah I think I'm the only off? one I think the only ones you have <laughs> got to worry about are Smythe and uh, Hap Haps is a bit different because I need to go back and look at it I can't remember how old he is but Haps is the one where Vigor is out of contract as well is he's he about 24 now Danny yeah so Haps might be this like might be his last contract where they'd have to pay decent because obviously he's been with the club since he was 14 so it's not even though he'd be out of contract there's still going to be some significant um, compensation there um, Smythe I think Definitely, definitely, there'd be clubs watching Spife. Um, but he's playing every week. He's had a bit of a checkered career. If you look at his career, he's, he's played a few games here, then he's moved, then he's gone back, then he's had another loan. He does seem to be enjoying himself. Um, my only problem with Smythe is the last few games, you've seen teams really doubling up on him. And I think at Bradford, you say he was, he was quiet. I felt like at Bradford, they were just taking it in turns to take a yellow and, and kick the crap out of him. So yeah, happy's twenty four. So I've, I I think yeah that it would just be compensation money for him if if he's right. out of out of contract. So I don't know. I don't know with Dan Hat. With centre halves, this yeah. I mean, should they be pushing a new contract under his nose? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm well, sure. They are, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that Hat, the ones that are out of contract, I'm sure have gotten it. Got, the mean, ones they want to keep, they've got them already. I mean, these are guys who were on contracts for you know. Yeah, the, the, clubs, pounds, the clubs record you know, annual so. contracts are doing this. I mean, and you know, Bomb was a classic example, wasn't it? Signed a longer contract and went in the summer. Yeah, and and that's yeah, win. What's well, an insurance policy? It's win, win. Isn't it? It's so an insurance I, I think, I think the, the, what going back to your point, can they take the four grand and double their wage? Well, yeah. It, what what you can get is a longer contract, but in the summer, then go and take the longer wage with a winner's medal. But, but as if that opportunity is still there, you know, from that club, it will be. have put their it, money it somewhere be. else. It, it, but if they've got a longer contract, Andy, if the opportunity, if they get injured, they've got a longer mm. contract. So th th there's insurance policies put in place in that respect. The, mm. the player is then in a position where it's win-win. I mean, it's nice to be talking about the, the fact that uh, our, our players are on people's shopping lists, I suppose, is, is, is uh, you know, a testament to the work and the improvement that's taken place. Also, you get pigeonholed. So you get pigeonholed as a Division Two footballer. If they win, if we win the league, it, it, automatically in the summer they're they're Division One footballer. So regardless of whether we go up or they go somewhere else, they you know if they start late in Orient, they'll have a promotion bonus. They're, they're, there's there's probably a, an increase in their money. So if you're if you're a free agent, even at late in Orient in the summer, if they're earning two grand. There's a there's a good chance that they're on four grand at Orient next year anyway. So it will come down to, you know, it will come down to how much money's on offer and, and what type of club comes in. Unless it's a a championship club that comes yeah. in for either of them yeah. two, I can't. I personally can't see them going because they're they're playing week in week out. They're loved. 
they'll be if they're not already they'll be one of the top earners in the summer so that I suppose we haven't really talked about it Vigarou's probably a little bit under the radar he's, it, mm. you know he's someone that could then you know looking at championship division one clubs then now he's at an age where he could go in and be a number one Darren sorry Vigarou's 29 uh, Christian so you know, nothing again, for a keeper yeah. I, I think one of the, things, the significant factors about what, what the club have been able to do is Moncur's a good case in question Beckles is another good example these lads are local and they want to be near their families and Hap's a local lad now I'm not saying Hap wouldn't go and, and you know we, we, we've seen players um, like Ekpateta go and play at uh, Black, Blackpool so, and it's been a great career move for him but my point being is there's a lot of players now, I think, personally, put a lot of value about being at home, having their family around, being in a comfortable environment. So the club have done extremely well. We did, right, it didn't work with Connor Wood. We brought him back. He's a hollow boy and, and he's not got the game time because he's not quite you know, the player that we need in that system that we play. But he's still a good player. Bradford wanted to keep him. So I think there's a lot, a lot of... Um, a lot of things the club are doing so well and, and they're not stupid. It's like Richie staying with the club. Richie's staying with the club because he's been and made mistakes leaving clubs before and it, he values the, the directors that are in. Now, hopefully, some of the senior players like Vigoro at 29 will say, I don't know where Viggs is from, to be fair, uh, whether he's a local guy. Yeah, I think he is a London boy, yeah. Yeah, Ross, Ross took him into Spurs when yeah. he, he done Spurs. I mean, that's, what you're saying about Richie Wellens there is right, actually, because... You know, he's, he speaks so much sense when he talks because he always sort of says, you know, he talks about his own son and says, you know, he's one of these foot, all these footballers now. And he says, yeah, I was the same. I was an arrogant. I didn't care about anything. And I, you know, you've got to sort of listen to people like that. I mean, he's the perfect example for him to, to, like a leader for them to listen to and think to themselves, well, you know, it's all right. I can go off and get four grand. But then if I'm not playing and, you know, all of a sudden my career's over in the next two years, whereas if I'm staying here and I'm doing, I'm earning, I'm playing well, we, we've got a team, I'm playing for a manager. Look where happened to Sam Dolby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of these, those sort of young players, I mean, I can understand it with those young players, you know, I mean, you know, let's be honest, you know, look at Karoma and Bond when they've left us. Neither of them have probably hit the heights that they hoped they would hit. Um, I, I don't think, you know, I, you know, I know some people that watch QPR and, I don't think he's he's not. I know he's not pulling up any trees. Out. I mean, Macaulay Bomb, in my opinion, is probably a good League One player. I think he did quite well at Ipswich last year. Josh Caroma, I mean, I was sort of saying online the other week. I don't think he's having a great time at Portsmouth, really. No. Um, but I actually thought he looked. He seemed to score a few goals at Huddersfield, that uh, higher up actually. But you know, it's neither of them. It's worked out. But Josh Caroma certainly, he's not got the game time. Not that he would have stayed. And I don't blame either of them for leaving, by the way. But you know, I I always remember um, when we had Ian Hendon playing for us. There was, I can't remember the guy we signed. We signed a player. And I always remember he gave an interview. I mean, I was very young at the time. And, uh, but I always remember him saying, look, I used to play with Ian Hendon at you know, whatever level. He said, we're the same age. He said, Ian Hendon's played 250, 200 career games. And he said, I've played about 12 in my career. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, I just look at it and feel like I just wasted so many of those younger years. And, and that's what I'm, the difference. I mean, as, as in a footballer, I mean, you know, do you, you, know, do you want to be remembered somewhere? Or do you want to be, I mean, you know, you won't have as much cash as you would have done. And, you know, maybe that is what, for most of us, is, you know, leads the way. But I can't help but think sometimes, maybe it's just that, that side of being a fan that you just hope that people love your club as much as you do. But I'm not saying for Orient, but, you know, 
Dean Cox is probably going to never have to buy a drink at Orient for the rest of his life. Same as Terry Howard when he goes there, you know. They've never got to put their hands in their pockets and you've just got that adulation wherever you are. I'm not saying any of those players will do that for us, but, you know, I do wonder sometimes as a, as a player, again, this is probably Christian can answer this, but, but the, the, the footballers look at it that way because that's in my head, I, I hope and sometimes think that maybe they do. See, I think like you, obviously, as a fan, but... Ultimately, I'm going to sound harsh and say a beer at Leighton Orange is not going to pay his mortgage or 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 look after him further down the line. I think there might be a good chance that Macaulay Bond will come back to Leighton Orient. Like I've read numerous articles, QPR, they've already said that he's definitely gone. They want him off in January. So that might be one that they look at and think we're going to go up or we should go up. League One is probably his level. He hasn't. Yeah, you know, he's again, he's been a bit part player since he left. You know, he had a great spell at Q- QPR. Would he score 10 goals and then found himself back out the side and had a couple of unsuccessful loan moves? So that might be one that they look at. Josh Caroma, I don't know about you guys, I've watched the last uh, a few Pompey games recently where they've been on TV. He looks a shadow of his, his former self. He looks like he's put weight back on. He's, you know, I never think he suits playing out wide. Again, that might be someone that, that, you know, we look at, but from a financial point of view, their moves have probably set them up for the rest of their life if they've if they've managed their money correctly. You know, the, what's the average salary they say now? Like thirty grand in the championship. You know, they've had a couple of decent contracts mm. where that money will look after them when they when they finish playing. And unfortunately, sometimes that's what it comes down to. That that one move will set you up, even if it worked. You know, it might work out, it might not. If it, if it does, then you're going to go on and earn more money and, and climb up the leagues. But ultimately, if they then come back down to our level, they've they've made some serious cash that they'll be able to look after them after, you know, playing football. I, I you know, I, I think well, probably from a fan's point of view, I'm I'm hoping that if we go up, those type of players will stay. And I also think you know, as well as Richie Wellens has done. That's obviously been part of their plan that to get him tied down to show the way to to hopefully get a few of the others tied down as well. I mean, it's quite a thing when you say that with a championship contract. You know, you're talking a two-year contract of around at least three or four million pounds. I mean, it's it's quite a, it's well, like winning the lottery, isn't it? The last report <laughs> last year they said the the average wage in a championship was about thirty-four thousand pounds or so, yeah. and there was there was players in the championship earning eighty grand a week. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Crazy. Bonin Chrome would have got that, no. but it's a sizable difference. That would have been around a thirty mark. Like it, you say, yeah. say say you yeah. earn that, it's a sizable difference mm. to two grand a week or whatever yeah. they were getting or in. I mean, it's, it's it's an entire well, as you say. I mean, three million quid for two years. You're not going I'd, to get that in the whole of I'd your career, are you? To come back, but, uh, I, just, I think, like you said, I've heard uh, you know rumours that he might do. I mean, he's it, certainly the right sort of person to have sitting there ready to come on, isn't he? His work rate was always. I just think he's one of them players that just gave everything for I the mean, shirt. I can't see him. He wouldn't come to this level. I don't think. But no. If we go up, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, if we go up, I could see something. Like I mean, I think Terry Howard said his work rate's phenomenal. He said, but he he wastes energy because he does things he doesn't need to do. He doesn't doesn't time it right. He does a lot of work they didn't need to do. He said he does work tirelessly. He said, but if he read the game a little bit better, he's he's he. He'd do less work but be just as effective. Well, Josh Karoma's work rate was awful before Justin got hold of him. Mm. Justin sorted his head out and sorted his work rates out. And I think probably Karoma's just proving that he needs the right type of management. Yeah. And he perhaps hasn't had it 
um, when he's moved on. I mean, Huddersfield have got a lot of injuries at the moment. So the fact they haven't recalled him speaks volumes. Well, he, he, so. He's back with the Cowleys, isn't he, again? Yeah. And, and that's a strange yeah. one because I, yeah. I, the rumours, well, the, the, the messages Bank I got was he wasn't particularly getting on too well <laughs> in, in the first place at uh, Huddersfield with them. But, uh. Yeah, I... As I say, they're they're friends of mine. I think that they're amazing. You know, they're, they're, if any to me, if anyone's going to get a bit like Justin, if if they're the type of characters, that if anyone was going to get say out of Josh Cromer, they would. But as I say, the games against Hereford and a few other games that I've seen him play, he just looked like. It, to Darren's point, he didn't want to be there, and I think you could you could always see that when he first burst onto the scene with Warren that there was ability there, but he kind of sauntered through games. Whereas the attitude wasn't yeah. when Justin got hold of him, he added goals. <clears throat> he played him through the middle all the time, rather than you know two games up top, then two games out wide, and he added that work rate to it. So I think it all comes down to as well, like you know, we're we're talking about, you know, how much they love the club, the money stuff. But it also comes down to if you're if you're playing well for a manager that, that likes you and you're playing, that, that comes into it as well. And I do think the players have got a lot of respect for Richie Williams. I think he's definitely one of them that will tell you in a, a, no uncertain terms whether you're doing well or he expects more out of you. Okay, Christian, as you're on the mic, let's have your prediction for Saturday. Uh two nil. Two nil? Two Orient, Orient I take yeah, it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Darren. Yeah, 3-1. Uh, 3-1. 2-1. 2-1? Oh, yeah. You know you're always all wrong, all of you, because it's going to be 4-1. <laughs> yeah, I'll Okay. To Orient. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. And uh, the gap will open up a little bit more. I'm going to do a double prediction this week and say that the gap's going to open up a little bit further to fourth place. How about that? And you, you can all smoke a big cigar at Christmas. Lovely. But, um, yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? But, uh, Darren... Thanks for coming in at such late notice. My I mean, pleasure, Andy. No, you, you, you helped us out with this weather and we lost a, a guest or two that we were supposed to have, but uh, that's the way it goes sometimes when it's live and uh, the, the weather is uh, affecting everybody. Richard, thanks for uh, coming in as usual. And Christian, great to see you again, mate. And thanks Cheers, for mate. your uh, input tonight. We'll leave you with uh, the one and only Mr. Barry Bash-Galvin. And our theme tune that people are talking about. I don't know what they're saying, but they're talking about it. It's uh, E10. Have a great week, everybody. Up the O's, and we'll catch you next week. We're not a city. We're not a town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found when Saturday comes again. We'll be trying to do our best. Cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient from E10 Lay an Orient from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 Clans and Orient and so begun The old story and on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and Orient from E10 Light an Orient from E10
This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an orient from each hand Lay an orient from each hand Lay an orient Lay an orient On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay This is Phoenix FM News.